This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast where, of course, we will be discussing Tottenham's 2-0 defeat at Old Trafford this evening, Manchester United 2, Tottenham Hotspur 0. Before I introduce my very special guest to talk about the game, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please do hit that subscribe button, uh, like and share. And if you're listening on an audio platform, please do hit that follow button and leave a review if you can. And I'd just like to take this opportunity as well um, to say thank you so much for all of your uh, great support this week, the comments and the messages sent to me this week. Uh, so, of course, Manchester United have just beaten Tottenham Hotspur at Old Trafford. Uh, goals from Fred and Fernandez. Spurs now stay third in the Premier League, beaten by a very dominant Manchester United tonight. Now, let me introduce the three very special guests today. Uh, of course, we've got Richard Whitehead back with us. Uh, double Paralympic, 200-metre gold medalist and marathon record holder. Uh, Rich, how are you? <laughs> yeah, it's the only laugh you're getting tonight. Oh, it's the, I think it's the only time we're going to see any trophies in the near future, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good, mate. You know, obviously, win, lose or draw, I'm always uh, honoured to come on the show. Very disappointing tonight. Very disappointing. I know. I, I do disagree with the man of the match, though. I think man of the match was Hugo tonight. He made like about thirteen world class saves. Yeah. And apart from Alan Shearer, Brown knows him, blooming Man United all game. I think he would have got man, man of the match. Alan Shearer, well, what was he on tonight? 
We'll get into it. We'll get into it, Rich. We'll get into yeah, it. Yeah, well, I'm all disappointed. <laughs> I, I, I was more I was more interested about your medals around your neck because, uh, of course, uh, you've won so many medals and I just want to see these Spurs players winning medals and winning trophies, which were way, way overdue. Uh, of course, Craig, Craig likes a medal as well. We've got Craig, hey. the regular, uh, and, of course, big Emerson Royale fan. Craig, how are you this, this evening? <laughs> oh, look, it only took two minutes. Um, yeah, um, it's the first time I've uh, smiled in about two hours. So, uh, thanks for that, Chris. Yeah, bloody awful tonight, mate. Absolutely dreadful, but we'll get into it. We'll get into well, it. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Sash Patel to the channel for the very first time. Uh, of course, former Hotspur hero, co-founder of Spurs Reach, board member of the Football Supporters Association. Sash, welcome to the channel. How are you? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Chris, uh, considering what, what we had to go through for the last <laughs> 90 minutes or so. Yeah. But yeah. no, thank you very much for having me on tonight. I uh, wish it could have been under different circumstances. Exactly right. Exactly. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, Sash, tell us a little bit about um, Spurs Reach, how it started. And for those who know nothing about Spurs Reach, um, please explain uh, what it's all about. Brent, so yeah, Spurs Reach is the official race, ethnicity and cultural heritage supporters association for Spurs. Uh, we launched back in May. Uh, and it was set up by uh, myself and uh, another couple of co-founders, uh, Fahim R uh, Rahman and Anwar Udin. And Anwar heads up the Fans for Diversity campaign at the Football Supporters Association. Uh, so we're, we're all passionate about the club, uh, and, but we're also passionate about equality, equity and diversity. And the, the real aim for us was... Uh, to get as many people as possible from diverse and underrepresented ethnic communities, the opportunity to come and uh, come and be a part of Spurs, be you know, be a fan, and lots of these people are within uh, within the local community that surrounds Tottenham itself. You know, Tottenham is one of the most diverse parts of the country, and one of the most diverse and sort of parts of the country with underrepresented ethnic backgrounds. Uh, and for us, it was really, really important that we get a group together where we've got people who are like-minded, who want to come and, uh, you know, listen, learn from each other. And what we can then do is try and work out how best to engage with people who don't probably feel comfortable right now coming to football in general. Uh, and, you know, that's a real shame because football brings people together. It normally draws people in together. And for me, my dad brought me to Spurs in the 80s and I still blame him for that now. Uh, but, you know, for, for me, it's it's all about engagement. It's all about people feeling comfortable, happy that they can come along. I've got a four-year-old daughter. She's a season ticket holder with me. I want her to enjoy it as much as, uh, you know, I do and ha probably not have to go through some of the stuff that I've experienced at football uh, earlier, on in, earlier on in my life. Uh, so that's that's the group at the moment. Where's about two hundred and fifty people uh, part part of the group since we've launched in May, uh, and we've we've done some great things. We've we've had some events uh, already. So we've had um, South Asian Heritage Month, which was between July and August, which was a virtual event which we had, which was a bit of a educational piece. But then we had. Uh, Medley come along as well and uh, who was able to share some of his li lived experiences you know being a local lad uh, around the area and you know being being one club man 
And then last Saturday, we had a fantastic event at the stadium before the Everton game where we, uh, where we, you know, we were celebrating Black History Month and we had a great panel, which was hosted by Troy Townsend from Kick It Out. Uh, and we had some great panellists. So we had Chris Powell, uh, who's part of obviously the coaching staff, uh, Ledley King, uh, Rebecca Walker, who co- who's a journalist and covers uh, co- covers Spurs and uh, is part of the Spurs fabric in, within the media. And then we had AJ Tracy, who's a you know a big Spurs supporter as well. So great fun day, and it was it was really nice having you there, Chris, uh, Chris, and and your son as well. And hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully a lot of people got got a lot out of it, and we've got lots more to come as well. Great work. I was going to say, Sasha, yeah. it was a great event at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Have you got any other events coming up in the near future? Yeah, so we'll have stuff definitely planned. It was probably going to be on uh, probably next next year uh, for, for an in-person event. We're still working on some stuff at the moment. But what we are doing with all our members is really engaging with them and just keeping them up to date in terms of, you know, big things that are happening with uh, different cultures, festivals, etc. So we've got Diwali coming up on Monday. Uh, so that's a big thing because we've got big Asian following within, a uh, big Indian following and uh, within uh within Spurs itself. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's just all about getting people to, getting people to know about their fellow fans. You know, we sit, sit amongst each other in that big, massive stadium. Why not know a bit more about, you know, your fellow fan who sits next to you for, you know, for the 19 home games and all the Champions League games this season? Yeah, why not? What's, you know, that, that just brings us closer together, really. Well, if you want any more information, um, do visit Spurs Reach or, or get in touch with Sash and he will, he will uh, kindly answer any questions that you may have. Um, now, let's get into the football. Uh, of course, Manchester United 2, Tottenham Hotspur 0. I think it's fair to say it could have been a lot more. Um, Rich, let's start with you. Your thoughts on the game? I'm not going to get those two hours back in my life, am I? Absolutely terrible. Um, and, yeah... Hugo just like kept it down to a, a football score. It could have been a cricket score by half time. Um, I think we looked flat. Um, like Sonny and Kane didn't really have a touch or game. Um, players were just not on it really. Uh, I think at the back we looked uh, vulnerable. Um, the short passing was non-existent. Uh, I think at half time, uh, Antonio should have really changed it up. I think. At, I think. He's a little bit to blame at half time. Just really disappointing. I think we'd we'd had a couple of games, obviously, where we'd picked up those four points. Obviously, one in the champion, one in the Champions League, and then obviously the three points against Everton. And players just looked out of sorts. Uh, I think it might have been a a good chance to use those squad players. Um, I've been calling for those those five in in midfield. Today, I just I just think. Players didn't understand the system they were playing, um, and I think maybe Lucas Moura should have been played from the start. I think he he, he came on to give a little bit of energy, but I'm, I'm clutching at straws to be honest. Um, very disappointing. I know um, the fellow Spurs fans are just watched that in disbelief. Around we just didn't even compete as a as a professional athlete myself. You just want to compete. You want to be throwing yourself in there and. I'm not a massive Hoiberg fan myself, but at least he was getting out, uh, getting around him a little bit tonight. Um, but still gave the ball away far too much. Yeah, very disappointing display tonight. 
It's funny because um, I always mention about us going to like to Stamford Bridge and the Emirates Stadium and, and never really putting in the performances to get us the results. Old Trafford is one of those places as well. That is now the 39th time that we've lost to them in the Premier League, the most we've ever lost to any oh. Premier League team. Um, Rich, let me just stay with you a minute because the subs, Antonio Conte didn't make a sub until the 81st minute. Um, when I just feel that that game was crying out for a change. Why? Why is he not changing anything any sooner? Well, you just look. Well, you look at the goals for, for instance. Both goals were mistakes. Uh, Man United had so much possession, so many opportunities. First goal, obviously, it was a deflection. Um, the, the shot from Fred was going straight to Hugo in the centre of the goal. The second one, obviously, the ball rebounded off uh, Eric. Straight to Fernandez, who'd already set himself to put it in the corner. Um, and for me, I just think Antonio looked at the game and went, Well, was after the 70 odd seconds when they scored? Um, he was hoping that uh, Harry and, and Sonny would just nick a goal and then we'd come away from it with a point. That's what I felt. I felt. I, but I just didn't think he, he, he went after the game at all. It was just like, Let's just hold hold off uh, formation and then hopefully uh, get something off the break. But Harry just didn't, he didn't look on it today, he looked very tired, um, didn't have any opportunities. Obviously, the one that he did have was offside. And yeah, I just think it was flat. Even even Antonio, really, he wasn't his normal self. Yes, he was kind of, presumably a little bit, he was having to go out towards half-time because he just, he just wasn't actually... Staying in the position he should have, but apart from that, weak, weak in all areas. Um, Davis, he wasn't his normal seven out of ten. He was like five today. I think he was weak. Um, and if we want to be a top four side, like I've said it for the last six months, some of those players, whether they play well for three or four games, aren't top four players, and they've showed that tonight. Craig, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on tonight's match. Is it is it fair to say that? This feels like the Arsenal game where we just didn't put a shift in. <clears throat> yeah, you absolutely nail on there, Dan. A lot of what Richard said there I totally echo it. It's when you, for me, what's a little bit worrying, um, whenever we've come up against teams with a little bit of substance, with something about them, we've struggled. Uh, we were lucky to get a point at Chelsea. I think we all acknowledge that. Even West Ham, where it's, you know, it's a great level of, the, you know, local. London Derby, we, we were lucky to get the point there. Obviously, lost well at Arsenal and then again tonight. And when you look at the teams that we have got results against, they're kind of, I think there's four in the bottom four, isn't there? Certainly in the lower half of the league. So, it it, it is a bit worrying. Uh, they they None of them seem to know what they were doing tonight. So many misplaced passes, miscontrolled passes, miscontrolled balls. Uh you're right, it's the three in the middle, which I think a lot of us have been calling out for, just didn't work tonight. I thought Bissouma looked lost most of the evening. Out of the three, I think Hoybier was definitely the best out of the three. I thought Benteke didn't have a very good game. Hugo is absolutely outstanding. He could have literally been 10-0 tonight, I think. I think that's fair to say. Um, Sonny and Kane hardly got a kick. Um I think we definitely miss Kulishevsky tonight and the option of having Richarlison as well. Why he didn't change it even at half-time, I think it's fair to say Mourinho would have um, and Potts would have changed it a bit earlier perhaps as well, just looking at previous managers and what they would have done. 
the whole performance just wasn't good enough tonight. Um, I don't know what it is, if I'm honest with you. I really don't, because they, you should, if you can't get up for a game at Old Trafford, where, as you said, Chris, our record is as bad, if not as you know, worse than the Emirates or, or certainly Chelsea. I, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know why you're playing playing football. To be honest, if you can't get up for a game at Old Trafford. You know how I feel. It's like watching Spurs when we used to watch Spurs like in the nineties, where Manchester United were so dominant. And yeah. they would have chance after chance after chance. That was like that tonight. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because you've got Antonio Conte as the as the manager. Now, there's a comment here, Craig. Let's 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 take this comment. If this was Jose Mourinho, you'd be calling for his job. Is that the way you yeah. feel? I, th- I think that's not far from the truth, to be honest with you. Because uh, yeah, I can't can't deny that there will be fans questioning the manager, and I think we've got to question. Uh, Conte's tactics tonight because I think we, he was out fault, uh, out thought, and I, I just think the whole setup tonight was was wrong, and he was too slow to react. To I think we all saw that it needed changing. I'm not sure what I would have done if I'm honest. I, th- I think I would have given Brian Gill a, Gill a run to be honest after after that performance, a little cameo the other day, but. And perhaps given Spence a bit more time, obviously he's starting to trust him, and he was getting forward at least at the end. But it, it, it was just appalling. It, you usually get one or two players that have bad games in this situation, but I think the whole team, bar the goalkeeper, was shocking. I think that's fair to say. I don't know one outfield player really. I would have given anything more than a five tonight, and I think that's being generous. So he, he is a bit worrying. He's he's very worrying. Um, and you and you're right. Those 90s games. Do you remember Ferguson, Alex Ferguson used to say, "Don't worry, lads, it's only Tottenham." Yeah. Uh, you know, and that that takes me back to that sort of saying. And even the time that we were three 0 up at the old White Hart Lane and they beat us five three, I think it was. Yeah, it's, it was that. You know, it's that sort of feel. And as I say, I'm a bit worried about when we come up against teams of any sort of substance and how we're going to perform. Something's got to change. Yeah, we're as poor as, as as Arsenal in the Arsenal game. You just look at, yeah. I think in some areas even worse. Um, so slow. It was, yeah, you know. yeah, and also um, that kind of lateral passing that yeah. we were trying to get away from. Obviously, when uh, Harry Winks came out this uh, side, we all saying, "Oh, Harry Winks doesn't doesn't pass the football forward enough. It's always lateral or backwards." And tonight, it would even that was poor. We, uh, I think, from the first minute, we looked under pressure on the ball. Uh, for some reason, Eric Dyer had a very poor game today, um, and then he obviously got twatted in the face with a ball, and then it just it even got worse. Then, so um, mm-hmm. for me, yeah, weak, weak. Hugo eight saves in the game, man of the match for me. It could have been a football. Sash, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts. And uh, all I can do is apologise on uh, inviting you on this show when, of course, it's been such a, a bad performance this evening. So apologies about that. But let's get your thoughts on tonight's game. Well, Joe, it's, it's my own fault for not coming on for the after the Everton game, really, wasn't it? So <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm the only one to blame, really. Uh, Joe, when, when you give the man of the match to the goalkeeper, it's you know something's gone wrong with the rest of the team. And, that, and that's the key thing for me. Uh, like the guy said, John, we, we could have been 10-0 down today, especially in that first half. I mean, Hugo really kept us in it. The disappointing thing is that no changes were made early on. 
for me, we knew we were out of the game. You could tell we were out of the game from the first half. And that's and that's what was really disappointing is that, yes, we haven't got Kuliseski on the bench, but equally we had Moore and Gill. And it's do something, make make a change because you know what's what you've got on the field right now isn't working. And that and that and that's what that's what that's what I struggle with sometimes with Conte is when we're winning it's great you know Conte ball is fantastic but when we lose it's there's there's no positives that come out of it at all and that's the frustrating yeah. thing uh, about watching tonight is you know I was speaking to other Spurs fans uh, before the game and they all said the same thing it's well we don't really know what's going to happen we always struggle at United but to play I, I thought we played worse here today than we did against Arsenal. At, you know, at, at the Emirates, I, I thought we were appalling. Uh, there was no real creativity in the middle. Uh, yes, we had three there, but they seemed to have one spare man all the way through, and that and that's it's just yeah, we're we're getting found out, and that's the problem. And people know how we play, and they adapt into that. And I'm just struggling to see how you know what we're going to do because we've got Liverpool coming up, we've got a couple of big Champions League games coming up. And this could completely start changing our season if we don't if we don't start making positive strides uh, and get back to sort of you know the early early form that we had right at the start of the season. It's interesting though, Sash, isn't it? That a lot of fans, you know, certainly in the last couple of weeks, were, were calling for the three-five-two formation. Um, a, co- a comment now on screen: um, It doesn't matter what formation or tactics we have. If players can't pass, then it doesn't matter. We need to flush out those players from the old era who have that Spursy gene before it infects new players. Um, in your opinion, what is the best formation that Antonio Conte can play against Manchester United at Old Trafford? Did he get it right tonight? The, the result doesn't say that he got it right, but I think we needed the three in midfield. I think if we had two, then it could have been a lot worse, personally. That's, that, that's, that's my opinion on it. Uh, we just weren't strong enough. We weren't getting getting to the ball quick enough. Uh, every time we got the ball, you know, it was a haphazard passing. You know, like like Rich said, you know, we, we were either going back or lateral. Uh, there was no real clinical passing within that team, and that's what we're struggling with. I'm... I know his formations don't allow for that creative centre mid, but that's I, I still want that, you know, as an option. If that's not his game plan to have that type of player for every game, but I think we still need it to bring out and you know do something different because at the moment we're not doing anything different. We can't react to situations quick enough, and that and that's the worry. Sash, in your opinion, why is Antonio Conte not making changes sooner? Because, as I mentioned earlier, in the 81st minute, he made a treble sub, uh, followed by a couple of subs right at the end. Um, why is he not changing it up sooner? Is, is it the fact that he doesn't trust those players on the bench? I, I don't know whether it's not about trust. I just don't think he feels that the impact, you know, I, I think he gets to a point where he feels, well, nothing's going to happen. With the players that I've got, nothing's going to change. So by bringing them on, what's actually going to happen? That's that's what it feels like because it was a bit like that with Arsenal. You know, he started making ringing in the changes, and what happened with that? You know, we knew that it wasn't going to change the real dynamic of the game. We had lost, and I think it was sort of damage limitation at that point. So I don't know whether it's the trust. I think he's got an idea of who his his key eleven are, and the rest of the players just don't meet the stand you know the same level of standard to impact change so i think you know it's going to be leave you put your hand in your pocket again but actually getting players that he wants 
yeah. uh, rather than trying to bring in players. And you know, to be fair, Spence may not be a Conte signing, but I, you know, for, for for the little cameo he had, I thought he did well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he's he offers something slightly different, doesn't he? And um, yeah, I reiterate what you say. I think. You look at look at the game itself. We were playing out from the back for like seventy minutes before we did that first long ball, and I'm going, "Why are we not like? It's obviously not working. We're not. The pressing is far too high to be playing out the black back. You need to have that target man. Why is Kane not holding it up and then bringing other people in into the into the gameplay? Why are, why have we not got midfield runners? We just it just felt dysfunctional tonight for sure. Craig, just before I come to you, um, there were four other games in the Premier League this evening. Uh, Bournemouth nil, Southampton 1, Brentford nil, Chelsea nil, Liverpool beat West Ham United 1-0 and Newcastle 1 against Everton 1-0. Um, Craig, let's come to you on this comment. Um, Royale on the right would have helped Manchester United pressing so hard down their left. Um, it's interesting because we're going to talk about Emerson Royale and Matt Doherty, whether uh, Antonio Conte will choose either Doherty or Emerson later on. Um, but if Emerson was there tonight, would it have been better or worse for us? I, uh, with, uh, with respect to anybody's opinion on Emerson Royale, I don't think he would have made a huge difference, to be honest with you. I don't think that would have affected the game. Um, I, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there in, the, in the, your own statement. They were pressing us high. Uh, I, I don't see what having Emerson in there would have done other than let them come on to us more. Uh, the way to have played Man U tonight was fight fire with, with fire, in my opinion, and try and get out and press them higher. And we just did. The, to be fair to them, they were. To, I thought Manchester United played brilliantly tonight. As for the fact we were bad, yeah. I thought they were brilliant. They knew exactly what they were doing there. The game plan they executed it to the letter. Um, they were quicker to everything. They were picking up the first balls, the second balls. I, I, you know, I don't. I don't see any of those players on our bench, even though. I was, I was crying out for a change. I think he should have made the changes 20 minutes earlier. You know, so I think Manchester United were just like you said to Manchester United in the 90s tonight, albeit we were poor, but I'm not sure any of those players would have come on. It's just, it, it was one of those games tonight where I think you could have put, you could have changed all 10 players, outfield players, and I don't think it would have had that much effect. It was just one of those games where everything was going wrong and the players just went up for it for whatever reason. I don't know what that was. Well, let's talk about the uh, the starting eleven. Um, of course, uh, Antonio Conte went with the 3-5-2, Hugo Lloris in goal, the back three of Romero, Dyer and Davis, the wing-backs, Doherty and Perisic, and then in the centre of midfield, Benton Kerr, Basuma and Hoybier, and then up front, Harry Kane and Hunming Son. Subs today, uh, Skip, Sanchez, Brian Hill, Sessegnon, Forster, Spence, Tanganga, Mora and Lengley. And notably, uh, Ericsson and Ronaldo were on the bench for Manchester United. Um, Sash, let's come to you. Um, any surprises there? Did you expect this starting eleven tonight? I, I think I sort of did, because with Richarlison and Kurseski not available, I think this... This was the only formation he had available with, with the with the key personnel. So it's, I think it was expected. Quite a lot of us have been calling out for it. I know I've been calling out for three in the middle, um, because I know how we are up at Old Trafford. Uh, but it, I don't think it was executed properly. I think that's the that's the shame of it, because it you know when we've had three in the middle, it's it seems to have worked. Uh, I know we've only had it for very short spells uh, so far this season. 
but it but it has worked today it just didn't seem like it it sort of worked and like craig said uh you know man united played well you know they they did play well we were poor but they they played quite well and and they found spaces and they they knew our game plan they probably knew how we were going to set up today based on the injuries uh and they exploited us and they kept coming and coming and coming and you know for one point of the game i think they had like 91% possession for a 5 minute period and it was just relentless it was just corner after corner and and they just had the ball you know we we got the ball and we couldn't do anything with it we couldn't get out of our uh out of our third uh and that's that, and that's what was disappointing so yeah i think in ter- yeah the formation i think it was expected and i think we wanted it but we just didn't play play fully to our strengths today bridge let's come to you um i get the fact that manchester united played well tonight you know there's no there's no getting away from that but we should be going to Old Trafford tonight thinking that we should be uh, going there and getting a result and, and, and perhaps sure. getting the three points uh, and competing. As you said, the competing aspect of it. And when you think about that Arsenal performance and think about that performance tonight, why are we not performing when Antonio Conte demands 100% all of the time? And the way that he is shouting at some of those players um, this evening, um, you know, a few of them got an absolute rollicking on, on the sideline. Yeah, no, it just didn't look like they competed at all, did they? Uh, no yellow cards, no kind of, no real kind of flying into those those challenges, even if just to get a reaction from the rest of the players. I felt, I felt even they came out after the second half and they just they were just lethargic. And then the, the quarters on the break, obviously the deflection it goes in, out of 28 shots, one of them is going to get a deflection and going, isn't it? So, um yeah, obviously they've they've had hard couple of weeks um, with Champions League and Premier League games. I think fixture pileups obviously contributed to that, and you look at the amount of players that have played most of those games. But you still need to you still need to understand that if you can't give a hundred hundred and ten percent on the pitch, somebody else needs to come in and deliver the same. I think obviously yes, Conte has got his favourites, but he needs to be. Uh, changing up, especially in the next couple of weeks, because like we know, with the, obviously Liverpool games and some of the other games, Newcastle obviously at the weekend, it's a real tough time for us. We and we can't we can't be dropping any more points at home for sure, and we need to be competing when we're away from home. Just before we go any further, I just wanted to get your um, very quick thoughts, all three of you, on Antonio Conte right now because he is taking an absolute battering on social media um, this evening and in the uh, comments section here. Um, Rich, how are you feeling about Conte at the moment? A lot of po- Pochettino mentions, isn't there? And the, there is. In the comments. And uh, obviously, he's, he's, he's looking for another job or he's been maybe touted in other areas for jobs and he's turned them down for a job that he wants. Um, I, yeah, I don't want to talk about Pochettino. I always talk about Pochettino with Nuno. And, I didn't ask about Pochettino. <laughs> Jose, yes, you were hinting that surely. Um, no, I wasn't. No, <laughs> yeah, was. I think I think obviously Conte is going to get hammered when not only we lose, but when we play that shit. Um, it's not. I don't think it's his fault. I don't think it's his fault. Um, Whose fault is it? I think it's contributors or fixtures. Fixture pile up. I think that's one. Um, I think we're still lacking four or five players in the squad. Uh, to then look on the bench and actually know the quality that comes on is equal to the quality that we've got on the pitch or that's coming off. Um, I, I'm just seeing I'm seeing now a couple of heads drop as well. 
um, when we go behind. And and that's that's normally we have that Conte effect where it's the resilience we play to the 94th, 96th minute. But because we're having to do that time and time again, I think resilience is getting knocked. Um, Antonio definitely needs to take some of the criticism that's aimed at him because tonight I just felt he was he was on his heels with his decisions and he should have been he should have seen that at half time and seen that we were going to get like punished in the second half. That was the thing that was really disappointing. I I was really shocked that Lucas Moore didn't come on in the second half at half time because I just think his energy would have had an impact. Because Basuma didn't do anything like the whole game. Is this fair, Craig? Michelangelo <laughs> with crayons. <laughs> oh, um... do, do you know what? Can I can I just say I, I am genuinely surprised that we have given performances against Arsenal and against Manchester United tonight with Antonio Conte in charge. I know I'm going to probably be bat- battered, you know, by a lot of the people in the comments by saying that. But I am genuinely surprised that he demands so much from these players um, that, mm. that they have gone out there twice and performed like that. But I've said that, oh, I, Chris. I, I've said that we haven't got the players that can, are able to deliver the performances. I said time and time you, again that we've got five or six players that aren't top four players. They overachieved last year. Uh, I, I, I personally think you. Conte's got to take a bit of the blame. He's the manager. That's why he's paid the money, right? Um, but, you know, the players have got to take responsibility themselves. They will not walk off that pitch, not one of them except Hugo, surely, and be able to put their hand on their heart and say, you know what, I gave it 100, 110% out there and I couldn't have done any better. And I think that's the main thing, you know. I think the players have got to actually hand, hold their hands up and say, you know, we, we, we were crap. You know, the manager can only do so much. I still think Conte is the man to take us forward. I must admit, I would not be calling for his head. Personally, I'm not in that camp. I think that's a ridiculous thing to say. You know, there's still work to be done. There's a hell of a lot of work to be done. But it's the game, I'll come back to it. It's the games, like Chris said, against the Arsenals, against the Manchester United, against the Chelsea's. Whenever we've come up against the team with something about them, we have struggled this year. And I think we will continue to struggle. And where Conte has to take the blame tonight, and Richard hit it on the head, we could all see the way that was going at half-time. And they scored 67 seconds into the second half. All right, it was a mistake. But yep. you might have been able to change that if he changed it at half-time. And I can't for the life of me think why he wouldn't have seen that and decided to change something after. I'm not, not make radical changes, not like make four subs, bring a couple of people on, the, you know, a Mora, a Gill, or something like that, change the formation because the formation wasn't working. But what worries me, we had three in the middle tonight and they were still finding space through us in the middle of the park. You, you look yeah. how many times they played through us in the middle. And Bissouma, who had a great game the other day, I thought he looked absolutely lost tonight didn't want to really risk passing forward much. It was simple. It was almost like, you know, your Harry Winks, your safe passing sideways and backwards. Um, yeah, not good enough. But you can't blame Conte completely, but you can't blame, blame the players completely. I think it's a mixture of, of both. But again, it does go to show we are not as far forward as perhaps even us on this podcast thought we were. You know, we've we've really got to temper our expectations because that's going to be a fight for top four this year. And I'll tell you what, if we've got any hopes of winning a trophy, that's the sort of teams you're going to come up against later on in the competition. 
And, yeah. you know, I hate to say it at the moment, but we are going to struggle. Sasha, let's come to you um, on the same subject of Antonio Conte. Um, how would you um, come back to this question here or this point? Conte's football is boring. I don't want to watch it. It's horrible. How do you feel about the football that we're, that we're playing under Conte at the moment? It's it's a hard watch for for a Spurs fan who's used to seeing, uh, you know, dynamic football, attacking football, football with a bit of flair. But when we've seen that type of football, we've not necessarily won games, and that's the thing. It's do we want to win? Do we want to win some trophies? Can we can we be comfortable and happy with just winning and not watching attractive football, or do we want to win with flair? Now, I think all of us want to win with with good football, but I think it's at the moment. I think Conte is really trying to grind out the players in terms of getting them up to a level where they can they can compete. But I don't think he's fully got all the players that he needs to compete at the right yeah. level. And, yeah, the men- and, and the mentality isn't there. I mean, you, you know, they came out second half. Yes, we, we were down uh, to an unlucky goal quite early on. But then the mentality didn't change. Whereas what you're finding is other teams near the top, they, they step up a gear and they go, right, we, we, we need to do something and we need to move forward. And, and then, uh, you know, either the manager makes changes or the players really start, you know, holding themselves to account and start really delivering on the pitch. And none of them did that, apart from, I think, Craig, you mentioned Hugo. Hugo was the only outstanding player on the pitch. And he's the captain. And for me, I don't feel like we've got leaders really in the team. I know Kane's the leader at the front and stuff, but I don't feel that there's a real commanding voice in that midfield who sort of holds them up. I know Hoybier comes across like that, but I don't feel he is. I don't think he... I don't think there's enough. Not good enough. He's, he, no. he's had a good season. You know, give it, give, give oh, him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's had some goals. Yeah, I mean, he's he's had had season. Season. Yeah, I mean he, he has done well. I think, but we need we need leadership in there, and I think that people need to follow the leader on the pitch when things are going bad. Today, I just didn't hear that. You know, you you could hear that they were all very very quiet. Uh, they weren't really playing together, and mistakes were happening, and heads were dropping, and that's the problem. As soon as one head drops, the others follow suit, and that was the frustrating thing about watching tonight. So, you know what? Definitely Conte's got a hand in it because he, he should have made some subs earlier. He knew it wasn't going in the right direction. We could all see it. Need to make some changes. Whether, whether you know, they work out or not, we've we got to try something different. I think that was key. But... Conte's had money as well, hasn't he? Conte's had money to spend. And I think, obviously, we all go back to that time when Pochettino and, and Spurs were on a roll and he wasn't given that investment. Um, it mentioned him again. And I said, well, yes, because you know, you know, Chris, you know that I'm a massive Pochettino fan. Um, but I think 618 days, I believe, <laughs> Mr. Cowling's mentions. <laughs> but, but I think we still need to give um, Antonio the, the support and time um, hmm. because obviously we've invested so much in this this kind of way of football to try and win a trophy. That's what it's all about, isn't it? As we know, Chris. Rich, um, are you a fan of the three-five-two? And did um, was that the team that you expected to face Manchester United tonight? Are we still talking about that question? Yeah. <laughs> oh, obviously, I'm, I'm a real big fan of it because it really works. No, um, I think away from home, I said that three-five-two would be better for Antonio Conte's style of play. I, I, tonight, obviously, it didn't work. Whether that's down to fatigue or whether that's down to the opposition or the actual 
players that were in the positions. Um, at home, when we play um, five in midfield, it's too slow. I think at home, when we've got the three up top, whether that's Kulicheski or Richarlison, um, with obviously Sonny and Kane, I think it's, it makes us more dynamic. Um, but uh, yeah, tonight it, it, it was a backward step, a backward step in lots of um, for lots of reasons. For some of the players, went back to the old kind of playing, uh, scared, not pl- uh, playing the occasion, not the ball, and um, yeah, I, th- I think they lost the reason why they were playing as well. Like obviously, they're playing for the shirt, they're playing for the fans. They're playing because they want to win. And I, I just don't, didn't see any winners in the team. Well, yeah, tonight we could have gone uh, one point away from top spot. Um, Craig, um, let's come to you. On the sub bench this evening, Skip Sanchez, Brian Hill, Sessegnon, Forster, Spence, Tanganga, Mora and Lingley. Um, when Antonio Conte looks at that sub bench, what do you think he thinks? Do you think, do you think he thinks he's got enough depth in the squad on that sub bench to make changes that he that he perhaps should have done today. Well, probably not because the two players are missing, which I saw earlier, Kulishevsky and and, uh, and Richarlison, and they're your two main attacking threats. And then I'd say second string, if you like, is Brian Hill and Lucas Mora. So he probably didn't know. But as I, I'll come back to it, I think we could all see it at half time, and I saw a comment in the comments that said it was nil nil at half time. Yeah, it was, but. You've only got to look at how many chances Manchester United created in that first half. It, they actually created more chances than they've had in any Premier League game complete this season. And that's in the first half. So you could see the way that game was going to go. Manchester United didn't have to do anything differently. They just had to continue doing what they were doing. Um, so, yeah, the, the bench was weaker, but... I still come back to it. I, th- I think you should have made changes at half time. And then I don't think anybody, any fan would have um, had a go at him for trying to change things up at half time, even if we'd still lost, be- because we could all see something needed to happen. <laughs> I-, I-, I just think it was a combination of things tonight. And what can we do? We just put it down as a bad result and go again. But it seems to be happening you know, quite regularly now, and we can see when this is happening. And it's against the bigger teams. Um, as, as Rich said, you know, we've got Liverpool soon, haven't we? I think. Yeah. In a couple of weeks. Um, and Newcastle. Is Newcastle next? Oh, that's that's going to be no, no pushover. And it, but, but on the flip side, again, people said in the comments, these, all these games have been away. And I get that. I do get that, and you'd hope we was a different beast at home. But if you're going to be one of the top clubs, you've got to be going to these places and and, and trying to nick, nick a win or, or, or worst draw. And we've just not made a good account of ourselves at Arsenal or Old Trafford. And as I say, we got lucky at Chelsea, didn't we? Well, let's go through the uh, key moments in tonight's game. Um, in the fifth minute, uh, Benton Cove a shot, uh, which went just wide. No one up there for him to pass to. Uh, for Tottenham, then in the 19th minute, a great ball from Harry Kane to Doherty. He cut inside, uh, shot with his left foot, uh, just wide. And then our first shot on target, just before half-time, um, Doherty to Kane, who hit it first time straight at De Gea. Um, that was it for Spurs um, in that first 45 minutes. Sash, were you were you concerned at that half-time break going in that we didn't really create very much? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. I think that's that's what's been disappointing. I know we we won against Everton two 0 but you know, up front we I I didn't feel like we were clicking. I don't, I don't still feel like we're firing on all cylinders. It's and that's and that's a real struggle. It's we're getting the ball into the midfield, but it's that final pass isn't going through. And what we're finding is that Sonny and Kane are getting too wide. There's nobody in the middle then to receive the ball, and we're just sort of firing blanks really I mean we had I think in the end what 10 10 shots tonight and then a couple on target that's it and it's it seems like you know we, we're not getting really into double digits near enough double digits at all uh, in any game and that's and that's a real disappointing thing uh, I'm, I'm really shocked with the possession to be honest uh, I, th- I thought we we didn't have as much as that it just feel, felt like we didn't have the ball and when yeah and if we ever did, it's it was lost within the, the space of you know the second or third pass, if that. Um, so yeah, that first half was really poor, uh, and I thought you know like the others have said, I thought he'd make a change early because he does, you know, he's, he's done that before. He's not afraid to make changes, so I don't really understand why he left it so late in the end. Rich, just come to you. Um, I don't know whether we should talk about all Manchester United's first half uh, efforts because there are so many of them. Um, sorry? <laughs> I ain't got enough time, have we? Yeah, that's it. No. Well, in the ninth minute, Anthony had a shot, uh, Lloris, with uh, an unconvincing save, um, first of all. It looked uh, a bit shaky, but straight after that, a good save from Fred's long-range effort. Just a minute later, Anthony, with a fantastic shot, looked like he was curling into the bottom corner, um, hit the outside of the post. Uh, in the 21st minute, Fred with a good ball to Rashford, who shot. Good save again from Lloris. A couple of minutes later, Fernandez with a free kick. Good save, Lloris. A minute later, Luke Shaw on the volley. Lloris there again. Two minutes later, Fernandez shot over the bar from just outside the box. It was literally like they were queuing up to shoot. Um, in the 29th minute, Casemiro with a shot just outside the box, just wide. In the 37th minute, Fred with an effort from 20 yards, just wide. Uh, there were a lot of uh, chances for them. Rich, how are you feeling at halftime? <laughs> <laughs> are you taking the piss? <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is peppered Let me just go back to what you said at the start. That first um, opportunity that they had, Hugo came out a little bit, didn't he? And then he was he was he was wanting to get back into position. And I think what happened was um, Anthony was trying to chip him, I think, and it, it literally kind of bounced and he kind of spooned it out for a corner. But apart from that, everything was like world class. Uh, definitely showed his true colours tonight. Um, I think he thought Dyer was going to get a touch on that with his head, I think, and he, and he didn't yeah. kind of threw him a bit, so yeah. I let him off that. And also his legs weren't, were, I don't think his legs yeah. were underneath him anyway. But you'd have thought at half-time, you'd, the players would go, what the fuck's going on, boys? Come on, like, obviously, percentage-wise, one of these is going to go in. You need to, something needs to change. We need to be at them. You give them less space on the ball. And it was literally going from left to right, right to left. All the, all the time, and it's just we, they were just waiting for somebody to be open, like the party goal against Arsenal. It was just calling for that, and it, the the Fernandez finish reminded me of the party one in respect that yeah. Fernandez was just standing still, side foots it into the corner. Um, we can't be giving teams that much time, but also we've lost that press. We need to be pressing the ball quicker. Like I think tonight we just give we gave Man United. 
it's far too much possession in key areas. Like if you look at not just key possession, but also possession in the final third, they had about 250 touches more than us in the final third. I think we had about 60 odd. It was terrible. I, I, I actually think that that gets to me more than anything else because um, when I was at the Emirates and of course tonight as well, the way that we have lost these two games, the speed of which these players play at, even taking a throw in, anything um, to do with the match, they are so fast. The pressing, yeah. as you said, Rich, as well. Momentum. Um, Rich, let's stay with you. Um, comment here. Um, and this is more the question I think that you wanted. Lack of quality across the squad is costing us. Players like Dyer and Hoybier bang average. But 10 players having a day off is a bit weird. More to it. Um, now, as a uh, professional athlete yourself, um, do you understand the fact that some of these players just haven't mm. performed tonight? Can you understand that? Well, they need to have professional integrity, right? And they need to, they need to be, if they're, if they're not on it for the game, they need to be kind of stepping forward and saying, actually, boss, I think tonight somebody need somebody else needs to step in because I don't think I can deliver the performance you, you need. Um, and that was clear tonight. It was clear. that, so, that Even, I've, I've said before, when a team comes onto the pitch, you can say a lot by body language. They looked, uh, they looked like disengaged. It looks lazy. I just felt from the first whistle they were just playing for a draw or, or playing for a, a lucky break where Sonny and Caden score. It's a wrong way to play away from home. Some, to a team like Man United or on the ascendancy, they're coming up the league. They've got a new found impetus to win games at home, definitely, and obviously compete away. For us tonight, I, I don't know whether whether they've, it's the, the mixed messages from obviously the game before to then thinking about the games ahead against uh, Newcastle and the Champions League. But they, the heads were definitely not in this game tonight. You could tell. Players were kind of overthinking things. Oh, I've got a couple of red, uh, yellow cards. I don't want to get any more. Just you, you need to be playing for the team. You need to be playing for the result today. Far too many players had off days. And apart from Hugo, like Sasha was saying, I can't think of another player that I would give more than a 6 out of 10. And that's do, do, any, do, do any of you think that Antonio Conte said um, at half-time to change anything with the personnel that he had on the pitch? But of course, as Craig mentioned, Spurs went 1-0 down um, through Fred's goal, 76 seconds into the second half. And then, and then perhaps it would have gone pear shaped, and then, and then you know those changes didn't happen. Do, do any of you feel like that? I don't, I don't know. All I know is that we made Fred look like uh, Iniesta again tonight. You know, and, and and Fred is not one of the most popular players at Old Trafford in no. amongst the fans. Yeah, he, he, we made him look good tonight. What what annoyed me more than anything, they've got a centre back that's five foot six. Why are we not putting crosses in the box? Harry Kane is six foot two. I, I just don't. Am I wrong? Uh, am I seeing something that, you know, I don't, I don't get that. You know, he's a good centre-back, but you've got to use your height advantage. And Sonny ain't a small guy either. I know he's not known for his heading, but, but you know, it's just little things. It, it just seemed... If you're, you're talking about um, what did he say at half-time to change it, I, I personally, I personally didn't see anything. What, what, what I, I'm saying, Craig, is Conte couldn't have been happy. He did not no. look happy on that touchline. He wouldn't have been happy whatsoever. And I've no doubt that those players would have got like the Alex Ferguson hairdryer treatment from Conte there. Yeah, well, uh, you wouldn't have seen it because obviously you was at the game, poor you. But 
there was a there was a shot on on the uh, on the television coverage of Conte screaming at Bentancur when he ran forward, and he obviously lost the ball or did something. I didn't actually see what he had done wrong, but he's screaming at him, and they're almost having a Barney on the pitch, and he's shouting back at him. So I don't know what he does. So he was as he does. I'm sure you noticed he was shouting at them all game, telling them, giving them instructions, and they just weren't doing it or they weren't performing. So. Um, what can you do in that situation? Another reason, another reason, Craig, why I'm so surprised by these performances. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And what was the? Um, I have to ask you a question, Chris. What was the feeling in the fans at the stadium? Was it? Was <laughs> were they not calling? Happy. Not no, happy. Uh, and, and of course, the um, the Arsenal game was exactly the same. Um, you know, the subs should have been made earlier. Every everybody's saying it. Um, no matter where you were or watching, you know, where, where you're watching the game, everyone is saying it. Subs should have been made quicker, um, you know, to, to make subs in, in games where they need to be changed. 81 minutes gone uh, when, of course, it's too late. It, it is too late. Um, Sash, let's come to you in the 47th minute. As we've said, 76 seconds into the second half, uh, Fred put Manchester United 1-0 up. What did you make of that goal? John, we, we were unlucky. You know, that's the thing. But but they capitalised on it. That's the thing. You know, it was two two sort of unlucky uh, situations where they've gone off and capitalised. Whereas we, we didn't do that. We didn't create enough to, to allow us those opportunities to pounce on, you know, on the ball and, and, and get an attempt on to, on target, really. And I think that's that's that was disappointing. Going back to the previous point that you were talking about, Chris, though, um, I think, you know, Conte, like you said, he, he would have, you know, would have given them the, the Alex Ferguson treatment, uh, you know, the hairdryer treatment. But equally, their heads went down straight away. And, that, and yeah. that was a problem. You could see it straight away, uh, which I think you mentioned, the body language. And they just they just felt like, well, we're not going to get back into this. And that was the problem. Whatever Conte had said had gone straight out, of, you know, one in one ear, out the other. And that was it. We were done. Like laxatives, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It was literally yeah. like what he said at half time and the actual football itself. Yeah, everything. And, and, that, and that was the problem. So it's, and then not having the subs put in, you know, until the 80th minute, well, that didn't change anything because those players on the pitch just, just didn't, they weren't up for the fight. That's what it felt like. You know, you, you had Bentacore going around and trying to get the ball back. You had Hoybeer trying to do the same, but there was no real passion. It's, it's that, it's that belief, that passion. It just doesn't feel like it's there. And I don't know whether it's because they're tired, whether, you know, because they're playing so many games at the moment and they're just, just going through the motions. But it's it's not the Spurs team that we, we sort of expect week in, week out. We, we, we expect more from them. You know, they did turn up against Arsenal. So the, you'd think with a game like this, they would have really wanted to go for it. Really, really go for it. And then bring that back home on Sunday against Newcastle. But now, you know, they're going to feel dejected. I'm hoping they're going to come back and bounce back against Newcastle, but it's going to be a tough test. And, you know, then we've got another game on Wednesday as well. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit worried at the moment. And I think if Conte is just going to keep shouting and screaming at them, it's not working. So he's going to have to try something slightly different to get them re-engaged because otherwise we're just going to, yeah, be disappointed yet again. I think it's fair to say, though, Sash, isn't it, that, that Conte has transformed this football club, taken us from Europa Conference League to Champions League. Uh, you know, I know that we're talking uh, and focusing mainly on the Arsenal and Manchester United game tonight, 
because, of course, they were very poor performances. But overall, we've been a team hard to beat in the last 12 months. Yeah, we we've not been conceding as many goals as we as we did before. You know, we were notorious for conceding lots of goals. I think on average we're conceding what one, maybe maybe I think it's one a game. Uh, we've we've won a lot more. So he's you know he, he's it feels like the the aura around the players has changed. I think it's around the club has been slightly different. We've given Conte a bit more time as fans to say, okay, we, we're, we're with you on this journey. And that's what it is. It's a journey. And he has made significant strides. I think right now we're just Are you disappointed. With him? Oh, still, still with him. I'm still with him. I still believe in him. I think the problem is that we need a better squad. That's what we need. So we've got a world-class yeah. manager. I think we're lacking the players to make it a world-class yeah. squad and I think if we if we give him the tools to do the job then he will deliver and yeah. that's what we need and it was the same thing with Poch which I'm going to mention Poch for you mate and that's if they'd given him the right tools if they'd given him the players if they'd spent that bit of money then it could have been us winning a Premier League you know but we'll never yeah. know Do you know we seem to have been saying the same thing for the last three or four years though didn't we we, yeah. we, we really we really do. It's, it's, it's like deja vu. It's like, so it's dead right. But it's like, you know, back the manager, back the manager, the squad's not good enough. How long have we been saying that? And we said it when it was pot. Invest now. Time to invest. That Leicester season, if we just managed to buy two decent players, I believe yeah. we would have got over the line and won. The, and we've, we, we've kind of been the nearly men, haven't we? we? We didn't invest at the right times. We all know that. Everything is in place as well. That's the most frustrating thing. We've got a world-class manager, world-class stadium, world-class training facilities. They have everything they could possibly want. It looks like the naming rights deal is going to be done before Christmas with Amazon or Google. Got all the money from that coming in. And I just hope it's invested in the first team because the time is now. Because if this fails, then Levy has been a failure, hasn't he? And he, he obviously doesn't want that at all on his CV. But something's got to happen. Something has got to happen. We've got to buy in the in the January transfer window. Obviously, with the World Cup in between, who knows what's going to happen there. With any injuries, God forbid, any of our players have long-term injuries. Um, it, it's frightening to think, though, we buy uh, six players in the summer and we're still short. We're still sitting here saying the same thing. Play, the squad isn't good enough. So that just goes to show how far we are behind. I think it's fair to say, though, Craig, and I, I, I even said this back in the summer transfer window right at the end. I know um, I was very happy with the window uh, early on, but on the final day, I said, I hope that we have another two signings because it always mm. seems, no matter what manager, and, and, and people always say uh, that I defend the club and uh, this, that and the other, um, but I said, it doesn't matter what manager it is. We're always two signing short in a summer transfer window and, of course, the January transfer window. Always two players short. And as you guys have always said, um, you know, in previous windows, had we got those players, things could have been very, very different. And, uh, you know, Pochettino, who, who Richard keeps mentioning, um, you know, some people say that he wasn't backed at all. Um, so, yeah, but we do need to Chris. move on with Antonio Conte. Chris, do you, do you know what I find strange and what he said this week, context he said it this week when he was asked about Ericsson. You know, yeah. he was singing his praises, wasn't he? He said, I'd love to yeah. work with him again, blah, blah, blah. Well, he was there for the taking. It sounds like we contacted him 
In fact, Ericsson came out and said that, didn't he? I received a phone call, but they didn't follow up on it. If Conte wanted him, I don't get it. I think it's fair to say, though, Craig, that Ericsson signing a three-year deal at Manchester United, um, I don't think Spurs were offering a three-year deal. Uh, I don't think Mm. it would have been anywhere near that. No, but if they'd offered him a two-year deal with a one-year extension like we we sting onto most of our players, you know, (laughs) if he really wanted to stay in London and come back to Tottenham, and a yeah. Champions League club. Um, I don't. I don't know. Obviously, obviously, it must have been something like that, mustn't it? I think you're right because it sounds like Conte wanted him. But anyway, Christian Eriksen, uh, probably discussion for another day. You guys always seem to get away with talking about Pochettino Eriksen. If I if I say it, I'm like, stop living in the past, move on. Um, Rich, <laughs> let's come to you. In the 49th minute, Manchester United had another chance. Rashford uh, with a shot. Lloris with another good save. A minute later, Harry Kane went uh, close with a shot just wide. Five minutes later, Manchester United uh, on the attack again. Anthony with a shot just wide. In the 68th minute, Harry Kane had a great chance. Brought it down. Had a shot. De Gea saved it. Uh, He was actually offside. The referee and the um, linesman um, let it go. And, of course, Manchester United went up the other end and made it 2-0. Fred had it, bounced off Dyer, fell to Fernandes, who finished superbly 2-0. What did you make of that goal, Rich? Yeah, it's a class finish, obviously. Um, That's why he's he's one of the great attacking midfielders, isn't he? Um, And, obviously, one that slipped through our fingers as well. Um, I think Fernandes just gives you that quality... um, in the final third that, that we haven't got. Sasha obviously said about maybe looking for that player that opens up teams will give us that different dynamic and that's what we, we've been missing and we've been talking about since Ericsson left that we've not had anybody that fits in, into that, that kind of pocket that creates those opportunities and um, I think obviously Fernandez is, is, is a player that, that in a Spurs team would flourish. You can, you can j- just tell but um, Man United were a far better team tonight and it was just really disappointing to watch our yeah. team just play so poorly. Yeah. Craig, let's come to you. Um, more Manchester United chances. 73rd minute, Fernandez with a long-range effort, comfortable for Lloris this time. A minute later, Rashford with a shot. Lloris with a wonderful save, uh, pushed it round for a corner. In the 81st minute, Fernandez uh, made it 3-0. Uh, but it was ruled off offside. Uh, Rounded Hugo Lloris, put it in in the empty net, but of course it was offside. Um, and then Spurs made the subs late on. Uh, Basuma coming off, Mora coming on, Dyer off, Sanchez on, Doherty off, Sessegnon on. And then just a minute from time, uh, Benton Kerr and Perisic off, Skip and Spence on. Um, do you feel that we were lucky tonight? That it was only 2-0? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, that... that... That save you mentioned there from from Rashford, the Hugo one, he was he was low to his left. I mean, it's just a fantastic save, not quite point black, but the, the speed that was travelling at to get his hand on that a strong hand to push it away for a corner. We we could have get, absolutely got our asses handed to us tonight, and you could argue that we we did, even though the possession on totally with Richard on this, I'm very very surprised. There's only six percent difference in that position, possession. That, yeah. that really is surprising. But you look at all those other stats, 28 shots to eight on target, 10 to two. Um, and the corners show that they were pressing more than us as well. I mean, the only thing we're level with them there is fouls. 
Um, yeah, just an embarrassing performance tonight all round, wasn't it? It's, um, you know, we could pick the bones out of it and say what the problem is, but, you know, we're now, I think if Arsenal do win, we're, is it seven points behind them? Or will be, I think, if they win their game in hand? Yeah. Well, the table, Spurs are third in the Premier League. We've played 11, we've won seven, we've drawn two, we've lost two, we've got a goal difference of plus 10, we've got 23 points. We're now four points away from Arsenal at the top. And, uh, of course, they do have a game in hand, as do Manchester City, who have 23 points also, uh, but from 10 matches. Uh, we've got Newcastle next on Sunday. Uh, they're sat in sixth place in the Premier League right now. Um, I suppose it is a silly question to say... Uh, who was your man of the match? Of course, it's got to be Hugo Lloris, hasn't it, Sash? Yeah, definitely. I think he kept us in the game. Uh, you know, first half, like like we said, you know, it was nil nil, uh, and it was it was great, and we should have come out all guns blazing. But yeah, it's a shame because you know, Hugo had a great night. You thought that that would have inspired and egged on the rest of the team to go right. Okay, well, we need to sort ourselves out and move forward. Uh, and we just we just didn't get out of second gear. Really, really disappointed. Rich, Craig, do you want to add any more on Hugo Lloris' performance tonight? Oh, well, class, wasn't he? Um, obviously, led from from the back. Um, I think, obviously, sometimes within the gameplay, he really struggles to influence the game further up the pitch. But I think, um, I think today, um, obviously, really did show what kind of keeper he is, and he's still got uh, some years. Left in as a as a world class professional, um, and yeah, pleased that we've still got him. Um, I just think it's it's a terrible uh, state of affairs when when your keeper, after losing two 0 is man of the match. And I think he deserved to be four or five, to be honest. And I think Conte's got away with one. Uh, if we would have lost four or five, it would have been a, a, a more of a true reflection on actually the the game itself. Can I just ask, um, when Jose Mourinho was manager and we played this style of football, um, there were some people in the stadium not happy and uh, they expressed their unhappiness. Do you think that that is going to happen under Conte as well? I think so. I think it will happen eventually because, that's, you know, the um, we. I think any fan, Tottenham fan would... Would take this brand of football if it breeds, if, if we get a trophy. I think we'd all settle for that. But when you're playing this brand of football and getting nothing from it, I think the fans will eventually turn on Conte. And it seems crazy to say that at the moment because I think he's still got a majority of the fan base behind him. However, I do know some Spurs fans that are season ticket holders that hate him that don't like his standard of football, will never like his the way he plays the game and wouldn't be sad to see him go if he went tomorrow. So, you know, I think the majority of fans like him and are backing, but there is still that minority that just won't ever take to the way he plays football and the style of football he plays. So even though, you know, up until tonight, we had the best start to a Premier League Season ever, yeah. So and that's, that's the kind that's of thing that happens mind. to us as well, though, doesn't it? We, we'll play like two or three games, and we look like we're moving forwards. Then we come up, up against a team like Arsenal or Man United, and literally, like, don't turn up and 
It's not just yeah. an average um, kind of performance. It's literally like piss poor. It's so it's weak. Off the scale bad. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so weak. It's back to obviously like the Nuno days. It's like so weak. And the, 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 it's, it's the non, yeah, yeah, it's not ever. It's the non. It's almost like because I've said this before, Chris. I think you agree with me. There's certain things you you just turn up and you expect us to beat them. You know, like like your Everton's with the greatest respect, like like your Everton's and even Newcastle. I'll sling Newcastle in that because then as we got them next, it's the top six teams. That's where you really want to see the performances and put in the performances. If yeah. we'd lost tonight and we played brilliantly and Manchester United had just been better, wouldn't have an issue with that. It's the, yeah. it's the, it's the way yeah. we've been playing these, these yeah. top six games. That, that is inexcusable. And it's, it, when it, it happened under Mourinho, it's happening under Conte. Um, let's not even mention Nuno. To the end of Poch, it was happening. So, you know, is, is it something intrinsic within the club that is in, ingrained in the club? Or are the players just simply not good enough? And I refuse to believe that because I think we we are on a par with Manchester United, if not a bit better. It's just they're not they're not turning up in these games, are they? Effort and passion has has got to be there in every single game, um, especially the big ones, especially yeah. the biggest rivals and, and the biggest clubs. Um, before we move on to talk about Antonio Conte and preview the Newcastle game, um, do any any one of you three want to add anything more about tonight's game? No, I'm not. I'm not annoyed with the game. I'm not even drinking beer. Normally, normally, slash, I've had a couple of beers by this point. I'm not even drinking beer. I've just had orange juice. I just can't even have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sash, let's let's come on to you. I want to talk a little bit about Antonio Conte. Um, do you think that Tottenham will match Antonio Conte's ambitions to win silverware at Spurs? Um, because he said last week, at this time, my contract isn't important. I'm focusing on the next few games. And the Italian journalist Gianluca Damasio has come out and said that Spurs have to match his ambitions, otherwise he will go back to Italy and manage a top team there. Um, what do you think about this situation with Antonio Conte at the moment? Because, like I've said, um, I feel that he has transformed this football club. Um, yes, fans are unhappy tonight because of the way that we've lost against Manchester United. Of course, we all felt unhappy about that defeat at Arsenal, as we've already spoken about. Um, do you want him to stay? Do you think he's going to stay? And, and, and when do you think that, if he is going to sign a new contract, when do you think that will be? So, yeah, I think the first thing is, yeah, 100% want him to stay. But I want him to be backed as well. And I think that's what he wants. He he doesn't want to be at a club where he's not going to be able to play his brand of football with the players that he wants. And if he can't do that, then he, he's the type of manager that's going to go, well, sod you lot, I'm going because I've tried with what I've been given and this, this isn't for me. And I wouldn't blame him for going. But then that puts us in that situation where, OK, if we're not going to back him, Every other manager out there, you know, we, we, we've had Mourinho come in, a serial winner. We've had Conte come in, a serial winner. And if they've not been backed, who who wants to come to our club? Who wants to come and manage Spurs if they know they're not going to get backed? And that's probably going to be somebody who's trying to get a foothold into into a Premier League club and trying to, you know, trying to make a name for themselves. But is that the type of manager that we want? And that's and that's a struggle. And so yeah, I, I, John, I like Conte as a manager. It's great when the crowd is singing his name. You know, we we don't we haven't we don't normally do that with managers, but we do no. it, and we and it feels like we you know we want him to succeed. 
but I think Levy and the board need to understand that there is still work to be done. And unless they're going to put their hands in their pocket again and support him in the way that he wants, he might be out by the end of the season. I think if he doesn't get what he wants maybe in January and the promises are fulfilled by the end of next, you know, by the end of the season, why would he stay? I wouldn't blame him if he went. It seems mad, Rich, doesn't it? Like like Craig said earlier, the best start to a Premier League season after ten matches mm. and then just a couple of days later, so many angry fans about our boss. It just shows though, doesn't it, how the how the performance and the a lot like like you said, Chris, the lack of passion, lack of um, real desire to show the fans what it means to wear that shirt. When that happens, it obviously hits hard. Um, and we know that every week, sixty thousand fans would give anything to swap places and be on that pitch and and uh, be a Spurs player and represent the club. I think when players aren't aren't doing that. It's really disappointing because you know that um, they're getting paid well. They've got the opportunity to represent themselves and the club in the Champions League, trying to win trophies for the, a club that wants to win it and, and deserves to win trophies. But um, in the past, there just hasn't been the, the building blocks in place for us to do that. Um, I feel with Antonio Conte and his, his history within in certain tournaments, gives us that opportunity for success. But we've had that with a previous manager who I won't mention, um, and he wasn't backed. So unless he is backed in January and at the end of the season, we're literally back to be back to this, um, going for another manager that's on his way up. And, and that's not worked for us. He has to be back, no reach, doesn't he? He has to be. Yeah, for sure. It has, and- it has to happen. But, but, but also, it's like, just go after those players early. Like I, I saw somebody in the comments say, uh, Spurs shop at Iceland and Man City shops at Harrods. <laughs> and it is true. It is true. Like, so you look at some of the players that we've actually brought in. And yes, we were, we were pleased that they went in early after certain players. But some of them have just, yeah, not really. Longley and Basuma maybe needs a little bit more time. But we need players that come into the side instantly make us better, like Perisic. I think Perisic is a is is, is a good player uh, in certain scenarios. Can be found out with obviously uh, very fast attacking players down that side. But that's where we've got Sessignon coming in the wings, and hopefully, can mentor him to be a better player or the player that we actually thought we were buying and follow him in the first place. Craig Conte, do you think he's uh, going to be here for? I don't know, another season or two? Or do you think he's going to be here for the long term? I, I actually think he'll definitely be still be here at the end of the season. I, I just can't see yeah, us getting rid of him before then because, let's be honest, um, his contract runs till the end of the season, doesn't it, at the moment? So it'll probably cost we're us too much to get rid of him. Yeah, we're for another year, yeah. I, th- I think, do you know what, whether they take that option up, the sensible time for me would be during the World Cup to have a discussion with him um, and see where... Well, I think I think it's important we're still in that top four going into the World Cup, definitely. I think that's got to be something that's a must. Um, 
It sounds like he is happy, apart if you just take tonight out of the equation for a minute. It sounds like he is happy. He's more settled, if you believe what you hear, he's more settled at Tottenham than he has been at a lot of the clubs he's been to recently. So that can only be a good thing. Um, if anybody listened to Ali Gold, I, I think he was right in saying there's not enough money in Italian football at the moment to give Conte the job. And I don't think the jobs are out there. I don't know where he would go. Um, so I don't think we've got that worry. But... Um, Come back to what we've already said. He's he's got to be he's got to be backed, hasn't he? And, and given the players that that he wants, personally, I think Bissouma was a good buy. I thought I, I thought that was a real statement signed along with Richarlison because he was one of the best midfielders in the Premier League last season. Yet yeah. he looked, you know, today he just didn't look like that player um, for for whatever reason. But I hope with the players, and I'm sure they do for all the stick they get. But I'm sure the players. Hope the players realise that how much it costs those fans like Chris to go every single game home and away when it's two games a week. You're probably spending hundreds of pounds for the price of everything in the world at the moment. You know, petrol and and just the cost of living to actually plough your money into watching Tottenham and then getting offered offered that up. It's just not on, is it? And I think that's what gets people's backs up. And it, it comes down to what we've said already: it, it show a bit of passion, show a bit of fight. And the fans will be with you 100%, win, lose or draw. But he's, he's serving up performances like they did tonight. That is what gets fans backs up. It really is. And um, we can't afford to continue like that because there's only one way that will go. Sash, uh, comment on screen now. What's the difference between Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte? <laughs> One's Portuguese. Seriously, what, what, what's the difference between the two of them? You don't want to answer that one, do you? No, no, no. It's, it's difficult because that's the thing. It's it's not the most attractive football. That's that, and, and that's the thing. So, what's the difference? I don't, I don't know. With Conte, I feel, I feel like he's more of a Tottenham man. That's that's how it feels. I think Jose, when he came in, yeah, I think he was trying to be that person, but we soon found that. You know, it was it was his way or, or no, you know, and that's it. Uh, whereas Conte, I think he's 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 won the fans over, and that's yeah. the thing. And I think we believe in him. I think we we're, we're trying to believe in him and trying to trust the process. It's just how long do we stick with it for? And I don't think it's his fault. I think quite a lot of it is. It's just, uh, it's just the tools that he has available to him. I keep saying tools, players that he has available, available to him. Some of them are tools, that. mate. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you say that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, that's the thing. It's so, yeah, I think, I think the difference is that he's got the backing of most of the fans. I think that's the big difference between, between the two. Can, can well, I just go around all three of you quickly and uh, you tell me when you think Antonio Conte will be Spurs manager too. Uh, Rich, what, what do you reckon? Why do you always come to me first? <laughs> well, because you want, you want Pochettino back. So, uh, yeah, yeah thought, um, it, it seems right to start with you. Well, yeah, hopefully then, if, um, if Pochettino's not got a job in January. <laughs> no, no I, th- I, um, I think um, Conte will be in the job until the end of the season. Um and then depending on investment over the next two windows. Um, I think with a couple of his interviews, he's, he said that he needs two or three more windows to get the this, this, this side that he wants. And if he hasn't got the, side, the signings that 
he he needs in the positions he needs, then maybe that'll be the sign that he walks away. What do you think, Greg? I, I still stick with it. I think he'll be here till the end of the season. Um, at least, and what the club will be thinking about is all the players Paratici is buying for for him are for Conte. They, you know, even, even Jed Spence, he, he signed off on Jed Spence. And if you check him and get somebody else in, you've got to go through that rebuilding process and getting in the players the new manager wants. So, we're, I hate to use the phrase, we're kind of stuck in a Conte. That's not what I mean at all. But we're committed to Conte is probably a better way of saying it. And we've got to stick with it. We've got to stick with it. And I hope the fans do stick with him because we are one of the top scorers in the league. People keep forgetting that. They're saying we're boring and don't score goals. We do, we do score a bloody lot of goals. But they yeah. seem to come in one or two games, and it's like tonight. You know, you know, we might get six. We might go out and put six past Newcastle or something like that. So when when I we get it, it right, Claire? I doubt it. You, you keep you keep this in Newcastle. They've only lost one game in the Premier League this season. I know. I, know. I, should, I should I should stop there. They are playing very well. They're playing really you, good you, football. You, this you put Newcastle in the same bracket as Everton. I know, I know, I know. It's it, it, you're right. Yeah, I've got to stop doing that. You're all right. They're they're, they're much better side than Everton this year. But it, I, I think my point is is that we've we've got to trust Conte still, and I I, I do. I'm frustrated with tonight's result. I think he got a lot wrong tonight, but I'm, it's not. I'm not calling for his head. Uh, you know, I, I still think he's the man to take us forward, and I hope he hope he does. And I think we have to see where we are in the summer. To be honest with you, and and then. I think Conte will decide on his own because he's, he's got a habit of walking away if he don't get what he wants, isn't he? So, uh, and, and then who do you blame? Daniel Levy, the club? You know, I, I hope they back him and um, be very interested to see what we do in the January transfer window. Sash, just very quickly before we talk about Newcastle, how long do you think Conte will be Spurs manager? Uh, I echo what the other the other chaps have said, and I think he will definitely be here for the rest of the season. I think he will decide when he wants to go, not not Levy getting rid of him. I think that's I think that's that's where we sort of are at the moment. I don't think unless unless something drastic, really really drastic happens, and I don't believe it would do under under his under his manage, managership at the moment. But I think he's going to decide. And if he doesn't get what he wants in January and next summer, or the promise of what what he wants next summer, then you know I'll, I wish him all the best. Then I think it's just it's a it's a loss for us at, at the end of the day. You know what? I can't I can't bear to think about us changing manager again, uh, especially from Conte. I tell you what, I've said this so many times. How can you go from like Pochettino to Mourinho to Conte? and not win anything. Um, I'd be devastated if that happens. Um, anyway, um, we have got another three games in the next 10 days. Games really are coming thick and fast. Next up, Newcastle at home on Sunday in the Premier League at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Then followed by uh, Sporting at home in the Champions League on the Wednesday. And then the following Saturday, Bournemouth away in the Premier League. Now, I know that um, Craig has been dissing Newcastle, but they have only lost one <laughs> in the Premier League. Um, they have only uh, lost the one. Uh, that was to Liverpool away at Anfield. They're sitting in sixth place right now. They've played 11. They've won four. They've drawn six. Uh, lost just the one. Goal difference plus nine. They have 18 points. They're only five points away from us. 
Um, Saf, let's start with you on this one. Um, Newcastle at home on Sunday. How do you see this one going? What have you made of Newcastle so far? Yeah, I mean they, they've had a good, they've had a much better season this season. I think Eddie Howe's done a good job with them, and I think you know he's uh, he's showing that they're they're playing better football, and it it shows on the table. You know the, the changes that he's made. Uh, it's one of those games where I expect a win, and after today's performance, I'm not a hundred percent confident. But you know we're we're playing at home. Uh, I'm sure the lads will come out fighting and we'll end up getting a result. And I'm, you know, for, for me, I'm going down. We'll, we'll have two, you know, a two nil. I don't think we'll demolish them like we did with Leicester, but I think we'll make hard work of it and we'll probably end up with a two nil win at the end of it. Well, they've beaten Nottingham Forest this season. They've beaten Fulham and Brentford, and tonight they beat Everton one nil with an Almiron uh, wonder goal. If you haven't seen it, do check it out. Um, Rich, let's come to you on this uh, on this game, Newcastle at home on Sunday. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, they've got a lot of creative players, haven't they? Um, I think Eddie Howe's built and building a team. He just needs to try and find somebody in those important positions that can put it in the back of the net. So, um, Callum Wilson's obviously a little bit injury prone. Um, and I, th- I still think they need to um, get somebody in those forward positions to put put it in the back of the net. But Amron's playing well. Of obviously, you've still got um, uh, Maximum as well. He's, uh, he's flying down the wing. Um, for me, I think I think we might have a little bit too much for um, for them. I think Kul- is Kulicheski going to be back for the game? I think he's could be. Could be. Yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, in full training, isn't he? So. Maybe maybe you'll nick a goal and it'll be yeah two nil two one. Craig, what are you thinking about this Newcastle game? I know you put them in the bracket of Everton, it's but they've, 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 looked, <laughs> yeah. they've looked a decent team this uh, this season. No, they have. They, they they have yeah yeah. And if that came across, I was comparing them to Everton. Newcastle are a better side than Everton one hundred percent. Always had a bit of a soft spot for Newcastle purely because what they went through with. Uh, with the Mike Ashley years, and the, I think the Newcastle fans are some of the best in the country outside of Tottenham because they packed St Jamie's Park out week in, week out, even when it was, you know, they were down down the division. Absolutely fantastic fan base. I've got a couple of Geordie friends that go home and away, and um, you cannot fault the Newcastle fans. And yes, they've got money coming to the club, and they've got some brilliant players. At Gamerish, is it? The centre midfield, I think, what a fantastic player he is. Um, yeah. They are looking dangerous and they are building a, a quality side there. And Trippier's um, obviously a danger from set pieces. And I still think Trippier's a great a great right back as well. So it is going to be a very tough game against Newcastle. I think we will just about have enough against them. I think um, if you're asking for a prediction, I think we'll win 2-1. But I think it will be a very, very tight game. Sasha, let's come to you. Will Antonio Conte um, stick with his 3-5-2 or will he go back to the 3-4-3? I think if Kulisevsky's back, then I think he'll go back to the three four three. Equally, if he's even if he's not back, I don't know whether he'll start with Mora, because I think he I, I feel like he needs to make a, a statement. I think fans fans want to see attacking football, and I think against a team, I know Newcastle are doing well, but I think that's the right type of formation to play against against that particular team. Rich, wouldn't it be nice to get Kieran Trippier back? Yeah, especially with the free, for them free kicks that Harry Kane keeps taking. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad we didn't have a free kick tonight. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we, we haven't spoken about free kicks uh, tonight. <laughs> that, that, that's one thing. Yeah. Um, well, Emerson Royale will be back from suspension. So <laughs> will Emerson come back in or will Matt Doherty keep his place? Is that a question for me? Yeah. I'm not answering that. Give Jed Spence a go. Come on, man. Give Jed a free Jed. I agree. I agree. If there's a if there's a game to start Jed Spence, surely against yeah. Newcastle, where there's not much pressure against the like big six team, I think Jed Jed Spence over uh, Emerson. Um, well, on Sunday, Jed, Jed Spence heavily hinted that he w- he's going to be playing the cup game against Forest. Um, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, it doesn't look like he's going to be getting a Premier League start anytime soon, does it? Sadly not. No, no. I think he deserves a, a run. I think all the fans would like to see him. Craig, do you see any uh, any other changes that Antonio Conte could make? Because, of course, as I said, Emerson Royale is back from suspension. Uh, could Cessnion come in for Perisic? Could Lengley come in for Davis? Uh, the midfield... Uh, the main two, I know, uh, of course, Basuma played with the formation today, but Benton Kern-Hoybier always seems mm. to be there. Um, Oliver Skip's not getting a lot of game time at the moment. Are you surprised by that? Um, a little bit. I mean, he's, he had a, obviously a bad injury and he's still working his way back, but it, it's kind of says to me that Conte doesn't fully trust Skip in that position yet, and whether that's a fitness thing or the fact he just trusts Bentenker and, and IBM more and finds them a better partnership. It probably is that. There's only certain positions that we've covered before where he trusts rotation completely, which speaks perhaps volumes to the squad. And that's left centre-back, left wing-back, um, to a certain extent, right wing-back. If you're asking me what I think he'll go with, I think he'll go back to the three up top. I think if Kulishevsky's fit, I think Kulishevsky will start with Kane and Son. I think he'll go... Lingley, Dyer and Romero. Uh, Sessignon on the left. I'm going to say Emerson on the right because I think that's what he'll go with. Not not what I'd necessarily pick myself, but I think that's what he will go with. And the two in the middle, Poibier and uh, Benton Kerr. And I think that's how he'll set up against Newcastle. So, uh, so yeah, free, free to be proven wrong on that one. So, Craig, what's your score prediction? 2-1 Spurs? I'd say 2-1 Tottenham, yeah. Rich, what are you going for? 2 0. 2 0. 2 0 Spurs. Sass, what are you going for? Yep, 2 0. Scrappy game, but 2 0. After today, and uh, after seeing Newcastle have drawn 6 out of 11, I'm going to go for a 1 1 draw. Um, obviously, I hope that we win. Uh, <laughs> hope and pray that we, uh, we bounce back because, of course, we've had a good home record, certainly of late, under Antonio Conte. Um, so hopefully we will get the three points and bounce back. Um, thanks so much um, to the three of you for joining me on this evening's podcast. Um, Sash, please tell everyone where they can find you and uh, tell everyone about Spurs Reach again and uh, where they can find information about Spurs Reach. Yeah, so Spurs Reach, the official uh, supporters association uh, for uh, fans for for race, ethnicity and cultural heritage. We're, if anybody wants to join or get more information, we're on the supporters club uh, page on the Tottenham Hotspur website. And uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Spurs Reach. Got loads and loads of events coming up in the new year and loads of uh, exciting things that for, for our members. So if anybody wants to join and just wants to know a bit more, then just follow us on Instagram and Twitter and then uh, we've got all the details for joining on there. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Sash. So thanks so much for coming on. I hope you've enjoyed it. No, in some great. Can we have a winning game next time, right? 
<laughs> absolutely absolutely and uh, richard whitehead mbe thank you so much for joining us again and tell everyone what, they, what you're up to at the moment where they can find you i'm training for another marathon i've got new york in november wow uh, so i did i did a great south run on sunday um and then yeah new york go there in a couple of weeks um and then that'll be my last last race of the year um and then just spend a bit of time with the family and just chill out a little bit before I start training back on the track 23. So all go and obviously be really busy with the foundation, um, doing very similar sort of work to uh, obviously Sash in the disability community and um, obviously working with the Spurs Ability um, Foundation that obviously supports the inclusive uh, aspect of um, the fans with disabilities in the stadium. So, How many uh, marathons have you done this year, Rich? Oh no! I've only done only done one, but I've, uh, London was my seventy fifth. I've done. Wow! Total, Thank you. Yeah. When I get to hundred, I'm finishing. I tell you, <laughs> that is incredible. Um, and Craig, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Tell everyone where they can find you and what you what you've been up to. <laughs> what you're up to. Uh, absolutely no 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 problem at all, Chris. I always enjoy coming on win, lose or draw. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Demon9. I don't really post that much, but okay, it's generally about Tottenham, to be honest with you. Uh, what have I been up to? Uh, trying to get my golf handicap down as much as possible while the weather holds out. So um, playing a bit of golf with my son. But yeah, I had a really good round the other day. So my dream of playing on the on the uh, European Tour or the DP Tour, as it's called now, or the PGA Tour, is still alive, but I'm, not, I'm really not as good as that. So, uh, so yeah, just just try to enjoy life as much as possible. But Spurs always gets in the way. So, but I still love them and I'll still support them. But always a pleasure to come on, Chris. And um, I always appreciate your work. And, and Sash, I think it's, it's absolutely great um, foundation you've got there. And I think um, you're going to do some really good stuff for the club and the supporters. So well done to that. And Richard, of course, absolutely respects. I don't know how you, you do two marathons in a year, let alone however many you do. <laughs> so it's, it's absolutely incredible uh, how you complete 75 marathons. Yeah, so yeah, brilliant. But um, thoroughly enjoyable coming on. Always better Often when we win, night. of course. Yeah, but uh, it's one of them things and one of the joys of supporting Tottenham Hotspur. So I'll see you all again soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stash, Richard, Craig, thank you so much. And as Craig just said there, hopefully Spurs can get back to winning ways on Sunday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and we can pick up the three points. Thanks so much for all of your questions and uh, your, your comments today. And I'll see you on Sunday. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.